VA Health and Benefits, official mobile app for VA Health and Benefits. VA's official mobile app is a smarter, more convenient way for veterans to manage and carry their VA Health and Benefits information. One veteran notes, I went into my local hardware store and logged into my VA mobile app. A quick glance at my phone showed them I was a veteran and I was able to get the veteran discount without any paperwork. It was easy and convenient. Download the app via the Apple Store at https colon forward slash forward slash apple dot co forward slash three uppercase j lowercase b lowercase k nine uppercase o lowercase l or download the app via the Google Play Store at https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash 3 uppercase Q 5 lowercase Q 9 uppercase L 5 Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my veteran-owned business supporters, Simper Savage, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. Thank you. As... We've gone through this story arc about Tanisha Montgomery. We're having a returning guest from Oscar Mike Radio from August of this year, 2022, is back on, Lakedra Houston. And Lakedra is the reason that, you know, I got to talk to Amy and Lindsay and talking to her again. Lakedra Houston, welcome back to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you for having me. You know, we, we got to talking after, you know, before we had you on in August about the military sexual trauma conference that was in Orlando and we right. talked afterwards, the conference happened and, and you said it went very well. And then, you know, in my, you know, inbox, you're like, Hey, can we talk about this thing with Denisha Montgomery? And we started talking and, and I, I, I could all, I couldn't believe it at first. And then I'm like, well, I've seen this story before. So just Cliff Notes version because I'll have the link to our first initial conversation in the show post. Summarize for us your military experience, and then we're going to really dive into what you're doing to help Amy and Lindsay out with Denisha Montgomery's case. Yeah, so my military experience, um, I was 20 years in the Air Force, just retired uh, this year, um, did 10 years as a recruiter, um, and then 10 years as security forces, which is a cop. Um, and then during that time, I started training with resiliency, suicide prevention, and those things, and um, was an MST survivor, so just started fighting, um, you know, once I was able to get out. So that's a little bit about me. You get out, and as we talked about, you had a very deep calling to continue this, this advocacy for people who suffered and been the victim of military sexual trauma. 
how did you get involved with, you know, the Denisha Montgomery case? Um, so I, uh, when I was, when I felt ready to share my story, um, and advocate, you know, all on, you know, social media, it was just, um, it was just a way for me to give back to people. Cause when I served and when I went through my issue, I didn't tell anybody, I kept it quiet. So I felt I have to give back. I'm seeing a lot of women go through these things. And I seen Lavina Johnson who had a situation similar to Denisha where she was murdered, but they said it was suicide. Um, and so when I saw Denisha's story, um, someone reached out to me, another advocate said, look, you need to look into this. And so I reached the family messaged me on Facebook and said, Hey, you know, um, what's, you know, what can you do where we need to get our story out there? And so we talked and then, um, crazy. I connected with Lindsay and Amy. And from then on, they're like, look, you know, you have a good presence. We just want you to continue fighting. I said, look, I'm here. I want to fight. And so we started connecting together and that's what I've been doing ever since fighting. One thing I wanted to unpack with you, and I didn't do this with Lindsay and Amy, and I'm not trying to make this about race, but I, 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 you'll understand why I'm asking this question in a second. Denisha is a black woman, you know, mother of three, married happily, going through this. And I looked around when you told me about this, Lakedra, and the most I could find before you all really started ramping this up was like a 45-second clip from the local Fox News station in Georgia when she was brought back into the United States. I thought about that because, and, and, and you know, to me, death in the military is tragic. The Army said it was suicide, and suicide is tragic, as you and I both know. But juxtapose that with the coverage for Nina uh, Pacholke, if I got that right, out of Wisconsin, you know, 27 years old. I mean, you know, young. Yeah, she's 27 years old blonde hair, blue eyes, white woman, that has gotten national news coverage. It was the New York Post, the LA Times, you know, the Houston Chronicle, several other follow-up things. It's a tragedy. And it, and it is a tragedy. I'm not saying it's not a tragedy. But I, I was struck because you know, I'm a man. I don't really think about this stuff. And, you know, I'm like one seemed to be treated differently than the other and i'm curious as as a as a black woman as a black veteran as a black retired veteran going through this yourself personally and now as an advocate does that do you feel the same way is that something that black people feel because i think it's i think it's worth discussing mm -hmm. and honestly i I 100% believe that. And that's another thing. Um, even going back to Labina Johnson, it wasn't out there. It, and they had so many evidence and so much evidence against, you know, the people that were involved in. And now you see Denisha and you see, you know, other um, Black women or women of color that are going through this as well. So it made me uncomfortable because I'm always seeing that, like, I'm reaching out to Black Lives Matter. I'm reaching out to Oprah. I'm reaching out to... Um, Booker, like all these political people saying, hey, tag us, tag us, D.L. Hughley, um, the Sean Kings, all them who tag other things with killings and stuff. I'm sending the emails, I'm tagging them in posts and nothing happens. So to me, I didn't know how to take it 
Um, I know that when it comes to black women in, in the military, um, especially in the military, we don't get any coverage. And so this is something that I'm trying to understand. I don't really understand why we're not, but her story needs to be out there. And I need people who are out there fighting for other stories to look into hers too. We just don't have it. No support. The only reason I understand that Vanessa Guillen got as much coverage as she did was because at a very grassroots level, family and friends, re, you know, made a huge, like a better term, stink about this. Mm -hmm. But, but, and, and I, you know, I would love to sit there and say that, hey, race is not a component in this, but, you know, you got to understand from my point of view, I'm reading New York Post, drinking my coffee, and I'm seeing this article about this. I go look at other news uh, agencies. I'm like, I'm seeing this article about this. It's a tragedy thing. And it is, it is. I'm not saying it's not. But we have a, a, a black woman, mother of three sons, married, and from all appearances, her and her husband were committed to each other dies under suspicious circumstances in germany and it's crickets correct and, and to me it's sad too that you know it shouldn't matter if your black lives matter or all lives matter mm -hmm. you know my hashtag and you've seen it is her life matters and, and i i i you haven't, this is not your first rodeo dealing with this in the military, uh, Lakeidra. So now that you're out of the military, what's it like seeing this from the civilian side now? Well, so seeing it from the civilian side, I'm seeing it's like they pick and choose which, um, which story to tell. And I feel like the ones that they feel that they can get more money for and more um, a fan base or something, that's what I feel that that's why they go with these different, you know, stories instead of hers. Um, it, it really bothers me. I, I ho wholly believe that every her life definitely matter. But it really bothers me that we as a community, Black community, has not came up together and reshared her posts. Now, with Vanessa Guillen, the Latin community did come together. Um, you know, LULAC, all those, they all came together and worked for her. But for some reason, we're not doing the same thing. Or if you read the comments, it says, well, here's another black girl faking or probably she was cheating or this. It's like the negative connotation of being a black woman who's murdered in the military. There's always something bad that came from it. So now you hear all these rumors and stuff. So it is really hard sitting on the outside looking at these companies or organizations that's supposed to advocate for us that won't advocate for her because they think that she did something to deserve this, which is bad to say but it's, it's what's true. And take us through it for those who, you know, either missed, you know, and, and I'm going to have the links to their shows in this show post, but kind of recap what happened to Denisha and the situation around that, please. So from my understanding, I know that Denisha was, you know, stationed at Fort Stewart, um, that she went to Germany to be deployed, had training. I think it was three weeks prior to her um, getting killed. I know she was out with her friends, they were drinking. They put her in the back of a vehicle and they were suffocating her. And I'm not sure what led to that. We have so many speculations that go into that, but we start seeing random posts about it um, from people who were there at the, at, uh, that were there, that were suspects, if you wanna call them. Um, making stuff, making little comments about, you know, I'm better than her, or you don't know what she was going through or that she was suicidal. Well, prior to that, she had been calling her husband 
uh, prior to her death. She's called her husband. You see videos of her laughing with her with her husband, singing songs, you know. So it looked like they were in a good place and it looked like Denisha was not suicidal at all. I didn't see that at all. And as a woman who was suicidal, I, I don't see, I can't, you can't tell me. Um, so next thing you know, it's okay, she's dead. First thing we hear is, she was in a wall locker. Next thing you know, we're saying that she's on the bed. We don't know how she died. Um, but we did know that her roommate who was involved with the assault had ex access to her. So we don't, you know, I'm thinking as an MP, I've, I've been, I'm an MP for the Air Force. You're supposed to remove Denisha from the situation and you're supposed to get her out of the room. You don't keep her in the room. You move, remove her, Denisha, from the room and find her a safe place where nobody has access to her. But it's like they did act, They did opposite. Um, they still had access to her. They had the keys, everything. So to me, I'm wondering, you know, what really happened? Um, but we know Denisha wasn't suicidal. Her family knows. Her father knows. Her mother knows. So now it's all these suspicions, you know. She's been assaulted. Now this is happening. So it's a lot going on with her story. But um, we got to get to the bottom of this ASAP. Well, I watched you you showed me part of the the, the video uh, of her call home to her family mm -hmm. and, and it just you know when i was in the marine corps and, and what i've heard is you know hey you know if, if there's a problem with a soldier sailor marine corps you know marine we're going to take care of that person and she's sitting there saying this to her family because in my mind she knows that her unit leadership is Prima said you're on your that, that's what I'm hearing is hey you're on your own we don't care right a am I right am I wrong in thinking that way that's how I honestly feel because when she wanted to report it while she was in Germany they told her because she fought back that she was going to be the one getting in trouble and to me that that that's that's horrible if somebody is attacking me I have to fight back so you're telling me it was just like they put a muzzle on her she couldn't say anything she had to stay quiet and so they did not protect her. They did not remove her. They didn't try to get expedite her and send her home. They didn't do any of that. So I'm trying to figure out where was the leaders at? What was, is there something bigger that we don't know? That's why they kept her quiet or try to hush her. So it's a lot. And this is the one thing, you know, um, you know Lindsay served in the, in, in the military, you know, Amy did not, but you, you retired from the military. But but one of the things that, that I keep asking, you know, I, I got out an E3 terminal lance, you know, just it's just the way it happened for me. Mm -hmm. Where is the the small unit leadership and the officer leadership over her, you know, platoon to sit there and say this is not right? It's I mean, I mean, there's no way this happened and her lieutenant, her, you know, sergeant first class, the platoon sergeant doesn't know about this at some level right I, I mean help me out here i i don't know how to i don't know how to explain that it's one of those things you i don't understand either because as a leader if my if my soldier came to me and said i have been assaulted i'm going there with you i'm making sure you're okay i'm going to see if you need to get help i'm going to go through these things with you I'm going to go every step with you to make sure you're fine. It was, she had bruises. Was she, was she checked out medically? Why didn't CID investigate the assault? Why is CID going straight to, oh, she was suicidal? That's the things I don't understand. They don't want to look into her assault because nobody helped her and they know they failed. So when Denisha didn't want to report, she wait, she was waiting to come home to report. 
it that tells you something. That tells you there was no trust in your leadership. That's what that tells you, that there's no trust in her leadership. And she even says in the video that she feels like she's not safe there. There's no leadership. There's no trust. So I, to me, as a, as a person that's been in 20 years, I still am baffled by how they're handling this. It took them a long time to even contact the family about her. You know, the first thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to contact the family and you're supposed to say, hey, I'm sorry this happened to you. What do you need from me? Can I help you? No, it shouldn't be Lindsay, Amy, and me messaging them saying, hey, is our household goods okay? Is everything okay? Is Does the family have everything they need? What about a power of attorney? We shouldn't be doing that. They dropped the ball so much. So it's, they didn't care. So that's why it looks so bad on the Army. You know, I kind of asked uh, Lindsay and Amy the same question. You know, why? I'll ask you to you in this way, why would it be to the Army's benefit to handle it this way? Because in the corporate world, this would be handled completely different. And, you know, there's a real consequence if these kinds of things are now not actioned in a, a transparent way or as transparent as possible to show that, you know, a, a, an employee complained to their management and their management took action to help that employee that's missing from the military. I mean, any perspective on why that is? You know, I honestly don't know what to say. There's no, there's no reason why. There's, there's no justification. I could even come up, come up with one um, on why, unless it's some. They're covering up what they made a mistake on. That's the only thing I can tell. I could say, um, it, there's, there's no gain from it. You know, they want to keep the military's image as a safe place, you know, this place to defend our country, but we're dying left and right and nobody's taking care of us. You know, so I don't, I don't even, I can't, I couldn't even tell you. It's to me, I'm still baffled by everything on how they jump so fast to say that it was a suicide, but then say, oh no, it, we're still investigating. Like I'm so confused on everything right now. Yeah, you know, we both serve, right? And, and we understand that if we serve the possibility of us dying or being killed in combat or supporting a combat mission is a is a possibility no matter if you're a, an admin clerk or a frontline infantry you know soldier but in a way right peacetime deaths are their own you know tragedy because you're in garrison you're in peacetime you're not in a combat zone it's almost like that death should be magnified mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem to be that way here I'm going to ask you like this, what, what can our fellow veterans, service members and Americans do to help you all right now? So I definitely think they should continue sharing the story. Please share the story. Please help the family. Cause now we have to, you know, they have to exhume her body and, you know, do, do a second autopsy. Like we, they, the family needs help. Um, so definitely, you know, go to their GoFundMe. It's, you know, on our links. Um, and just share her story and, and reach out to as many media, because if you tag them, you know, I'm sure we'll get more, you know, coverage if we all come together, but please share it. And then let your children know, or whoever's joining, help, help them with a safety plan. That's another thing. Please, these new, I was a recruiter and the safety plan is something that has to be done. We don't do that in the recruiting office. We say, Hey, good luck. I may go for the day. I wish you the best. 
that's why recruiting numbers are low. I mean, I have to be honest. That's why recruiting numbers are low. We don't take care of our people as soon as they step in the recruiting office. They should know who they should contact for any issue. So now veterans, you need to reach out to your high schools, reach out to anybody in the recruiting office and tell them you need to give them a safe plan just in case something happens. At, at a very high level, we, we have because, you know, look, MST affects men and women, but you have it. Let's just say you have an E1 to E3 in front of you right now who are serving, who you know, may impact, you know, get impacted by this. What are some things you, as a, as a 20-year retired Air Force veteran, would tell them to do right now to protect themselves? So first thing I will tell them is let their family know. Like when we talk about Denisha leaving a digital footprint, definitely let your family know what's going on from anything, you know, sexual assault, any misconduct, conduct, whatever, let your family know. Leave that. Um, leave that digital footprint. The second thing I will tell them is do not be afraid um, to come forth because being quiet is to me is like same thing as just accepting it. You have to step up. You have to tell them when something is wrong. Unfortunately, you know, when people step up, things happen like this, but you can't be afraid to step up. Um, and then the last thing I would definitely tell them is give them resources on who to contact. If you ever get such assaulted, this is who you should talk to. Talk to legal. Here are your resources outside the mil military and in the military. So it's helping them out all the way, like all around helping them out. Well, I was going to ask you this. Um, it almost sounds like if this does happen to you or if one of my sons joined the military, you know, I get a call from them saying, Dad, this happened to me. I should get them a civilian attorney like right away. Definitely. Really? Mm -hmm. I definitely, that's how I feel. Um, there's a lot of civilians, attorneys that out there that used to work JAG or whatever. So there's there's people out there. So I definitely would. You need to... I mean, you can't trust the military right now. You can't even trust the JAG. You can't tr trust the, um, the the legal system. So you need to have somebody on the outside to help you and protect you. If that's not the case, hey, go to your congressman. Write a congressional. Do those things. But it's hard to trust an organization that's not taking care of their people. So you're going to have to use outside sources and track everything. Track everything you do. And, and I want to give the Army, I want to give the military and Marine Corps the benefit of the doubt, but just as an example of why I'm, I'm really skeptical, did you see the videos of the mold in Army barracks? Mm -hmm. Now, prisoners are treated better than that. We can't keep, we, we can buy a $13 billion aircraft carrier, we can spend, you know, $400 million on the F-35, but we can't keep mold out of a soldier's barracks. So there, there, there are there are vast shortcomings that need to be addressed. Correct. Correct. Now, definitely with the mold situation, I, I was stationed in Korea and we had the same thing. It was our, um, our dorms were so bad. I never had allergies. I never was sick before until I stayed in those dorms, even in, in housing. So it was just so many things that we're trying to tell them, hey, we need help with this from mental health to, you know, taking care of us. Like, that's the thing. Nobody's taking care of, care of us like we're taking care of this country. So I don't think the military is bad as a whole. I just think, just think the leaders inside the military, they don't know how to be leaders. So that's the thing. They know how to be supervisors. They know how to be, you do this, but nobody, managers, good managers, they don't know how to lead. And that's the thing we're lacking in the military. 
I, 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 I hate hearing that, but because the Marine Corps has, I mean, if you become an E4, the first thing you do is you take the MCI, the principles of NCO leadership, and you go to corporal's course mm-hmm. to learn how to lead. And I, 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 you know, we were taught to worship our, you know, sergeants because they knew how to get stuff done. They knew how to, you know, deal with it. And you're telling me that that's pretty much not the case anymore. No, you have to understand we can go through all these classes. When we go to these classes, these leadership courses, we're doing it to get to the next rank. Let's be honest. I have had different people that I've, as an E5 or E3, going becoming an E4 or E4 to E5, I've had people in classes with me was like, oh my God, this is so boring. Why do we have to do this? They were not ready to be leaders. They was just making rank. And that's the thing. It's not about making rank. It's about knowing how to lead your people. It's about knowing how to pull your opinions and your biases away from maybe how you see things, pull that back and understand the people that you're working, working with. I don't really look at people working under me. I never looked at that. We were a team. We were a family. I can't complete the mission unless you guys are ready mentally, spiritually, and physically. So to me, we're going, we're pushing them through these courses. They're making rank fast, but they don't know how to lead. And we need to go back to that. Do you really understand the basis of leadership? Just mission accomplishment, troop welfare. Mm-hmm. A L- little more, a little more George Patton, a little less, you know, money. Okay. Well, I say that because, you know, for all his faults and flaws, his, his men would follow him through hell and back. You know, he, he, he crossed the frozen river first in his boots to show him that, hey, we're going to we're going to do this. He rode in the same tanks they did. It, it, it was it was a different time, of course. But, you know, one thing I kind of want to close with is. It seems like we're going to have to have, for lack of a better term, sustain a sustained barrage to get the needle moving. And, and maybe, you know, we'll find help in different places, but in order to make change, you have to be the squeaky wheel. Am, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, you have to. You have to lead by example. That's what, how it works. You have to be in the dirt with them. You have to. You can't just tell me what to do. I need to be shown because now I can't be a good leader because you're not teaching me how to be a leader. So it's we we have to. We ha- I had crappy leaders. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know how to be a leader. And so somebody sat me down and was like, no, you need to stop directing people and tell and teach them and go do it with them because they'll respect you more. So that's the thing. It's all about respect and just taking care of each other. And we need to do that. So in Denisha's case, you're asking for us to support what you all are doing, mm-hmm. share on social media, mm-hmm. contact our representatives and congressional leadership and keep this on people's forefront on your social media pages and other outlets. Yeah, it's all about awareness. The two thing, things I we need to do the most is awareness, accountability. We need to hold these leaders, because this is not going to be the last step. This wasn't the first, it's not going to be the last. So why aren't we, we need to do something. And don't sit back and just share. I need like people that go out there, advocate people to sign petitions, whatever you need to do to get her name out there. We have to make sure her family gets justice and make sure the new generation coming in do not go through the same thing that she's going through in her family. So we have to continue fighting. Absolutely. You have my support. You know, I promised, you know, Amy, I promised Lindsay, I promise you that, you know, I'm getting the letter from, from Amy to set, set this up and in my state, they're going to start hearing from me and, you know, doing these things to, you know, 
hey, we don't leave anybody behind. You were taught that and I was taught that. And it's time to remind yeah. people of that again. So I, I want to thank you for your time. And I really honestly, you know, Kuja, want to thank you for thinking that, you know, I might be able to add value to this. It, it really um, means the world to me. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And you know, I, I'm always here for you and I support you. So thank you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hey, I'm Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. If you've been watching this over the last years, you, you know what this is about. This is your opportunity as a listener, as a civilian, as a veteran, or even active duty service member to help make some change. And it's very easy. If you can check your fantasy football scores and what the Kardashians are doing, please take three seconds to reshare this and tag somebody that uh, will do the same. Lakeja, we'll be talking again, the missions in flight, and uh, take care. And I'm looking forward to hearing any kind of update. Thank you. Thank you again. I want to thank you for joining me and watching Oscar Mike Radio. Now go to OscarMikeRadio.com and click shop to check out all the cool merchandise from Authentically American. All proceeds go to veteran service organizations. We are Mission in Flight.